Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Think Beyond Your Money podcast. I'm your host, Carter Michelson. The goal of this podcast is to provide education and insight related to investing and financial planning. With so much noise out there in this industry, I want to break things down and help you gain valuable knowledge and understanding about various topics. None of what I will go through will be personalized advice, but purely informative and hypothetical in nature. I hope you enjoy. The topic I want to start with is going to be surrounding the different types of investment accounts out there. I recently had a client ask me that question directly, and while I believe it's an excellent question, I wanted to start with the foundation for that question, which is the tax implication of the different types of investment accounts. Plain and simply, there are three different tax status of accounts, taxable, tax deferred, and tax free. The first one I want to start with is going to be taxable or non-qualified tax status. Some examples are brokerage, whether individual or joint, bank accounts like high yield savings or CDs, and it's important to note that there's two different types of tax treatment. The first is going to be based on any income generated from that account. Any income that you generate from that account is going to be taxed at your ordinary income tax rates. So an example could be using the high yield savings account, whatever your balance is, let's say that it generates 1% interest over the course of the year. When that interest is paid to you, that is actually going to be income earned and thus is going to be taxed at your ordinary income tax rates. Now the other form of tax treatment is going to be based around gains in the account. So it's important to note, When it comes to a taxable account, you're always going to have what's called cost basis or a fancy way of saying how much you bought something for and then how much you sold it for. The difference between that is going to be the gain amount. There are two different types of capital gains. There's long-term gains and short-term gains. The key difference is going to be the duration that you held that position before selling it. To be eligible for long-term gains, you have to hold that position for at least a year and a day before selling, and short-term gains is going to be if you sell it any time before a year and a day. It's important to note that long-term gains are always going to be more favorable than short-term gains. The reason for that is because short-term gains are going to be taxed at the exact same rate as your ordinary income. So an example would be, let's say that your taxable income is $80,000 for the year and you had a $10,000 short-term gain, that's going to add to your taxable income to now make your income 90,000 and you're going to pay your ordinary income taxes at that marginal tax rate. Whereas with a long-term gain, you're either going to be taxed at 0%, 15% or 20%. The key thing to note is it is always going to be more favorable at that long-term rate than it is at the short-term rate. It's also worth mentioning that within a taxable account, you can generate both short-term and long-term losses. These short and long-term losses are first going to be used to offset gains of the same type However, if your losses of one type exceed your gains of the same type, then you can apply the excess to the other type. So an example would be, let's say that you sell a long-term investment at a $15,000 loss, but only had $5,000 in long-term gains for the year, you could actually apply the remaining $10,000 excess to any short-term gains. The other thing that can happen is, If your losses are higher than your gains are during a year, you're going to come out to a net capital loss. 
In an example with a net capital loss, you can actually deduct up to $3,000 a year in capital losses against your ordinary income. Any remainder above $3,000 can then be applied to future years to either reduce your ordinary income or offset any gains. So an example could be, let's say again that you had $15,000 as a loss over the year and you generated $5,000 as gains for the year, you would be at a net capital loss of $10,000. You could take the $3,000 year capital loss to reduce your ordinary income and you would carry over $7,000 to either reduce your gains or again reduce ordinary income up to the IRS limit. The next tax status I want to go through is going to be tax deferred or pre-tax. Some examples are traditional IRA, 401k, 403b, simple IRA, and I'm going to go through the difference between tax treatment of contributions, tax treatment for earnings, and tax treatment of distributions. Contributions to pre-tax accounts are going to reduce your taxable income dollar for dollar. When it comes to earnings themselves, you will not pay any taxes on dividends or any sales that happen within the account if you rebalance your portfolio. You will only pay taxes once money is withdrawn or distributed from that account. And it's important to note that all distributions of both principal and earnings are going to be taxed at ordinary income rates. So an example would be, let's say that you want to contribute 5% to your employer-sponsored 401k plan on a pre-tax basis. Your gross salary is $100,000. After your contributions to your 401k, your income is now $95,000. You are essentially deferring your tax liability in the current year, knowing that you'll pay income tax based on your distributions at a later date. Last but not least, I want to go through tax-free or Roth tax status of accounts. Some examples are Roth IRA, Roth 401k, Roth 403b, HSAs, and I want to walk through again the difference between tax treatment of contributions, earnings, and distributions. Contributions to tax-free accounts are not tax deductible. All contributions except for to an HSA are done after paying taxes on those dollars. That is, you are paying tax now knowing that you will withdraw it at a later date tax-free. Now it's important to note, again, similar to tax-deferred or pre-tax accounts, you will not pay any taxes on dividends or sales within the account if you rebalance your portfolio or sell out of certain holdings. You only pay taxes on the money you contributed to the account. Now when it comes to distributions, all distributions of both principal and earnings are received tax-free as long as it's for a qualified withdrawal from the account. So an example would be, let's say that you decide you're going to contribute 5% to your employer-sponsored 401k plan on a Roth basis. Your salary again is $100,000. Your contribution to your Roth 401k is not tax deductible, so your taxable income is still $100,000. You'll pay taxes on your contribution in the current year, knowing that you will no longer pay taxes when you withdraw the money at a later date, assuming you meet the requirements for a qualified withdrawal from this account. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and been able to learn something new. If you come across any questions that you believe could make a great episode for this podcast, 
or if you'd like to get in touch regarding your own financial plan, feel free to send me an email to carter at northoaksfinancial.com. Thanks, and I appreciate your support. This material is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast, research, or investment advice and is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for all investors. They also do not include all fees or expenses that may be incurred by investing in specific products. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. You cannot invest directly in an index. The opinions expressed are subject to change as subsequent conditions vary. Thrivent and its financial professionals do not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Investment advisory services offered through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor and subsidiary of Thrivent. Clients will separately engage a broker-dealer or custodian to safeguard their investment advisory assets. Review the Thrivent Advisor Network ADB Disclosure Brochure, Financial Planning Brochure, and Wrap Fee Program Brochure for a full description of services, fees, and expenses. Thrivent Advisor Network LLC advisors may also be registered representatives of a broker-dealer to offer securities products. Advisory persons of Thrivent provide advisory services under a practice name or doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor. North Oaks Financial Group and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.northoaksfinancial.com, for important disclosures.